Uh, we're going to uh, do, have a couple families come down. We're going to do a couple dedications. So Andrew and Bethany, if you all will come down with, with Clark, and you can stand on this side, and uh, Kyle and Amy, you'll come on down here with your three youngins. Now, if I have the birth dates wrong, you can blame Brooke. Yeah, she's, she's my source, of, she's my Wikipedia today. All right? Good to see you guys. You all clean up good. What would you do to yourself? What would you do? Did your brother do that to you? It's always an accident, right? <laughs> so um, there's a couple verses I want to share with you in regards to the dedication process. And uh, one of them comes out of Mark chapter 10. And in Mark 10, 13 through 16, it says, People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, or actually in one translation, to lay hands upon them. But the disciples rebuked them, basically saying, Keep those kids away from him. He's too busy for your children. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, meaning he copped an attitude. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And in Proverbs 22, 6, this is a very important verse for all of us parents. Train a child in the way they should go. And when he or she is old, in the actual Hebrew it says mature, when they are mature, they will not depart from it. So that should always give us hope that they just haven't reached maturity yet. Otherwise, they would be following our orders, right? In Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, it said, these commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and upon your gates. So very, there's a lot more scripture to this. This is something Jesus wants. He wants us to bring our kids to him, dedicate them to him, and then to raise them up in a way that honors him and glorifies him. And so these two families have come today asking if they could do this publicly. And, and so there's two parts to this. One, I'm going to ask each of the families, each of the parent couples, uh, some basic tenets of the Christian faith and to see if their commitment is there to raise these children in a way that honors God. And secondly, the other phase, which is also very important, is that those of us in the congregation also have a commitment to doing all that we can to encourage them and to pray for them and maybe to babysit their kids or something, or to whatever we can to come alongside of them and give them the strength they need to carry out this, this dedication. And so I'll be asking for your input as first. So first I'll do Andrew and Bethany. And, and to both of you, uh, I just ask, do you promise to do all you can to raise this little one, little Clark, in the presence of God and his nurturing grace, uh, in the ways of Christ, that he may know him himself one day? Do you, pr do you promise to guide him in that direction? And do you all promise to support Andrew, Bethany, and Clark in this endeavor? Do you promise to pray for them and to encourage them? And when necessary, babysit Clark. Uh, smother him with gifts every Christmas and birthday. 
and, and do all you can to let him know that there's a God out here who loves him. Do you promise to do that? Very good. And so what we'll do is I'm going to lay hands on, on Clark while he's asleep. Uh, and then we're going to just ask for a prayer for him, okay? All right, gracious Father, we lift up Clark to you and pray that your grace is upon him and your spirit is within him. And that you will use every day of his life to draw him closer and closer to yourself. May you protect him, but may you not continue to overwhelm him, Lord. Let him fall occasionally that he may become stronger and stronger in his faith and his walk. So bless his family, Lord, and let them know that you are always with him. You will never leave him nor forsake him. In Christ we pray. So to Kyle and Amy, I asked the same thing, but not in the exact same words because I have a bad memory. Uh, do you all promise to do all you can to raise your three young ones in a way that honors God and glorifies him and, and, and just dedicate yourself to them that you may point them in the right direction that would bring God glory? And so I introduced you. This Caleb's the oldest. His birthday is July the 4th, 2010. I forgot to mention. Clark is uh, November 7th, 2017. Uh, Xander is September the 26th, 2013, right? Is that right? Do you remember that day? Okay. And then uh, Natalie is December the 18th of 2017. She's brand spanking new, still has a price tag right up here behind her. Yeah. But, uh, but do you all promise to do all that you can to support them by, with your prayers and your words of encouragement? Do you promise to babysit or, or to feed and to smother with gifts and to do whatever it takes to show them the love of Christ? Do you promise to do that today? Awesome. So we'll, we'll do, uh, yeah, come on up here and give me another. Congratulations to them. I'm starting to kill myself. Yeah. yeah, they call all the time when Clark can't sleep, and I just preach to him, and this is what happens. Yeah. What can I say? It's a gift. All right. I've got to get my old man's stool out here, man. All right, before Carrie shares with us another special music, uh, I just want to remind you guys to, um, to pass the pew pads down the rows and to continue to, um, to, to inter, intermingle with each other, pray for them, lift each other up, and um, I don't know what else to say. Carrie, if you would. Oh, I wanted the children to stay because they're so good. I don't want children to miss out. By the way, I love everything it means, everything it stands for. Sorry, Doug. 
um, victory over the grave, victory over everything, right, that we're afraid of, everything that Satan says we're subject to, we're not because of this Sunday. And that message to me means so much. Um, and so as I thought about what to sing today, I, I maybe chose a non-traditional song in terms of Easter, but I don't think it is. If you really think about uh, what the disciples must have felt between Friday and Sunday and the fear that the enemy wanted them to be subjected to, um, but God overcame that. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, you'll never be enough. Fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire, cause fear, he is a liar. When he told you you were trouble, you'd never be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed. When he told you you could be the one, the grace would never change. Fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. your fear in the fire, cause fear, he is a liar, let your fire fall and cast out all my fears, let your fire fall till you love is all I feel. 
dismissed for Children's Church. If you're bold enough to go. <laughs> we'll try. You all have fun too. Gavin, I think you're too old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, today is Easter Sunday, if you didn't know it already. This is a big day in the life of the church. It is a big day in the life of our God, and it's a day of celebration that, that we should continue to remember and never forget. It is also the conclusion of our series on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, this was, I believe, strategically planned, but uh, I intended it for it to, it to end last week, but then God threw us a curveball and had us do two weeks on the what, and so... Um, here we are today getting ready to close out, studying the why of the Lord's Prayer. And in recent weeks, we've done a lot of digging into this particular prayer. I mean, who else has spent seven weeks studying the Lord's Prayer, right? That's just kind of crazy, right? But we did that, and today we get into the why. Why is it that we have the Lord's Prayer? Why is it that really we have prayer at all? What is the purpose behind it? What is the significance or the relevance to it? What is it that God intended for us to get from prayer? And why is it that we should feel compelled to do it every time we get a chance? Well, I'm not going to get into those answers. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to do our best. But really, when it comes to prayer, the purpose of prayer is to be connected. It is to be a lifeline for all of us. Prayer is supposed to be relevant in each of our lives to the point that none of us should be able to fulfill this calling as children of God without some connection through prayer. It's something we're all going to require. Uh, to really give you a, an illustration, this is how I see it. Uh, uh, one of my first trips, uh, mission trips, I think it was, a, it was definitely to Haiti. No, it was Jamaica. Uh, we did a mission trip to Jamaica. It was miserable. Um, but while there, we built a home for a young lady who had seven children and was single. Uh, it was just a little four walls that we put up. But we, we had lots of power tools to cut the, uh, the boards and such, but we had no power, no electricity. So in true Jamaica fashion up in the mountains, 
they are very creative and bold. But what they do is they have this metal hook that's, it's, it looks like a coat hanger, but it's a lot thicker and a lot stronger. And it's wrapped with duct tape. And, and on the end is a power cord, a power cable with a plug-in. And they take this and they throw it up over the electrical wires. And they hook that to the wires. And for some crazy reason away, I don't understand electricity, but you're able to plug in your, your saws to that. And that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But they do this stuff all the time. Um, and I thought that that's really kind of what prayer is. It is, it is hooking on to the power source. And, and we all have to do this on a regular basis because we don't have the power to get through what we need to get through without that connection to the source. Let me give you another example. It was about uh, 1986 when I was uh, closing out my time in the military bands. And, and we were doing a, a show in Savannah, Georgia on the boardwalk. Beautiful area. Beautiful town. And, and it was their um, 4th of July celebration. They, they anticipated about 250,000 people to be down there on the boardwalk that day. And, and the military band's job was to set up and to perform while the fireworks are going off, right? And so here it is about 7.30, 8 o'clock. We're doing the pre-music. And I have a solo on the song God Bless the USA, Little Greenwood, right? Can't go wrong with Lee Greenwood. Uh, this was a trombone version, and I did my absolute best. But the cool thing is that while I was standing up playing, I could hear my song, my, my music, echoing down through the river, you know, through, you know, through all the shops and such. And people were not paying any attention, but that's not the point. I was playing in front of a really big audience, and it was cool. But my brother Scott lived in the area, and he was there, but all of a sudden he disappeared, and I couldn't find him. I didn't know where he was. I'm up there playing, you know, every once in a while I get a measure and take a breath and to re- recover, and I'm looking around, and finally I saw him. My brother was standing on the fence overlooking the river. You know, it was a steel fence. It had two little bit levels. He was standing on top of it next to a payphone. You young ones will explain payphones later. But here he was standing there with a the phone in his hand, one hand holding on to the payphone so he doesn't fall, the other one with his phone up in the air, and it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And so afterwards I said, dude, what were you doing? And he says, I called mom because I knew mom would want to hear you. That's what prayer does. Prayer is a way of connecting to the Father, and maybe not just you connecting to the Father, but maybe connecting to the Father on the behalf of someone else. Prayer is highly relevant. And we oftentimes think, well, my prayers don't count. It's like voting. You know, well, what's one more vote? It's not going to count anyway because the Electoral College makes the decision. So why vote? But we have that same attitude about prayer. Why do it? Who am I that I should pray? Who is God that he should listen to me and care about what my thoughts are, my concerns, my problems? God's too busy for people like me. And first, I just want to tell you, you got some really bad theology, if that's the way you feel. Because you know what? We have a God that loves you so much that I believe he does have a picture of you on his refrigerator. I believe he has a picture of your worst art project taped to it. And he 
proudly shows it off when Moses is over for dinner. I believe he does that. I believe God loves you that much because this is what the gospel story is, is that Jesus was sent into the world. He died on the cross for our sins. And even if you were the only sinner alive, he still would have gone to the cross for you. I believe that because from what I have learned about Jesus, he's that type of guy. He would die just for you. And so this is what the disciples said to him. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us the who, what, where, when, how, and why. Teach us these things. And Jesus started with this model prayer. And he says, this is how you should pray. This is the, the mentality you should have, the disposition, the humility uh, in, your, in your spirit. This is how you should pray. And we've dug into that for the last several weeks. And, and I don't know about you, but I've learned a lot from it. I've learned about the intentional prayers and fervent prayers. And then in the middle of the night, I was drawn to come to this passage in John 15. Because I believe this is, again, this is how Jesus does it. He teaches this and he teaches this and it all pulls together in a way that only he can. And he started teaching the disciples about the vine and the branches. And and I don't remember how many times the word remain is in this text. In the actual Greek, it uses the word abide. And he says over and over and over, abide in me and I will abide in you. Abide in me, I will abide in you. He says it over and over and over. Then he gets into three different aspects of that that abiding demeanor. The first one he says in verse 4, he says, remain in me and I will remain in you because... No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. It must abide in me, or you cannot produce fruit. Well, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. What does it mean when it's talking about producing fruit for the kingdom? It's talking about those people that we bring to the faith and nurture in the faith and bring to him as a gift offering. It's those people that we invest our time in and we we nurture them and pray for them. And he says that you can't do that. You You cannot produce any fruit on your own spirit, by your own strength. You can't do it. You have to be abiding in him and let him do the work through you. And then you will produce fruit. So that's the first ingredient or that's the first necessity that we need to understand. The second one is this. I don't remember where it came from, somewhere in that chapter. But he says, whoever will ask will receive. It's in verse 7. If you remain in me, abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. So remember the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those trespasses against us. All of these things are prayer requests. And if you want those prayer requests to be to come to fruition, then what you must do is you must remain in him and let his words remain in you. You must pray the things that he plants in your head and in your heart. You have to pray in a like-minded manner as God does. We have to pray for what he wants. We have to pray for his will. We have to get our lives in alignment with his will. And the third thing he says in verse 10 If you obey my commands, remember, if is a contingency, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. 
If you really want to be a person that loves your kids exponentially, that loves your kids uh, without anything expected in return, unconditional love, agape love, if you want to love your kids like that, the only way you can do that is by abiding in his love, by being connected to the source of love. If you don't want to go to church, you don't want to pray, you don't want to say that I have faith in God, then that's fine. But don't expect to be able to love your kids adequately by your own strength. You have to do it with God's help. It says it right here in the scriptures. You need his assistance. Now, the bottom line is you can put together some facsimile. You can put together some elements of love and you can say, oh, yes, I do love, so don't tell me I don't. Yeah, and I also love pizza. You know, I think my wife would much rather I love her agape love with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength instead of loving her like I do a piece of pepperoni pizza. You know, but we, we vary our definitions of love, but that's not what we're talking about. This love that God provides for us, the love that he says, no greater love has anyone than this to lie down their friend, or lay down their life for a friend, and then he calls you friend. So this is the kind of love he's talking about. If you want that kind of love, you can only get it in Christ. You cannot get it from your parents. You cannot get it from a textbook or from some Beatles song. It just doesn't work that way. But he says clearly, if you abide in me and obey my words, I will abide in you. And if you abide in my love, my love will abide in you. So those are three really big things. Those are three really big reasons why we should be a prayerful people. And I know what we're thinking. You're probably thinking, well, I can't do that. I'm just not, I'm not spiritually inclined to do those things. I'm not spiritually mature enough to do those things. Or I'm just not wired that way. I've had guys say, well, you know, that sounds like woman's work. I, I'm a guy. I don't get emotional. I don't express my love. I don't do those things because I'm a guy. And I'm like, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. But Jesus was a guy too, and he was the author of love. All right? So let's talk about guys. Um, but you see, as long as we have an empty tomb, we have hope. And as long as we have Jesus, the son of the God who came into the world to conquer sin, conquer death, we have access, we have a direct line, we have connection to the Father who put resurrection power in his son Jesus to raise him from the dead. I was just thinking about something, I don't remember which verse it is, but you know, one of the, the gospel accounts, on, on the day that Jesus raised from the dead, the scriptures say there were other dead people walking along the city. This resurrection power that existed inside of Jesus was so strong and powerful that even other people rose from the dead as a byproduct of God's power. I believe it's in Luke. But that's just mind-blowing stuff. But that same power is inside of every one of you. You want to love your spouse better? Tap into the source. You want to love your kids more clearly and more passionately? Tap into the source. You want to, to be more effective in this world, reaching others and bearing fruit? Then tap into the source. Stay connected to the Father. Stay connected to the Son. Because as long as you abide in him, he will abide in you, and these things will be possible. That's why we have hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 is also an interesting passage. It says some, shares some light on this, if I can find it. Hebrews is hard to find. There we go. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for 
and certain of what we do not see. You see, to me, faith is concrete. Concrete. This is what our faith is. My faith is concrete in the fact that if you turn to Christ, you will find him. If you repent of your sins, he will give you grace. If you ask him to show you how to love, he will give you love. But my faith is concrete. You can have that too if you desire it. But you have to desire it. He's just not going to give it away freely to everybody. You have to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you for this one. I'm going to to trust you and depend on you. And I'm going to stay connected to you because I believe that you can do this through me. So on this Easter Sunday, that's what I lay out for you, that, that prayer. I pray that you will be a people who pray, who stay connected to the Father, to the source of all things good. I pray that you will be a people who live by hope and live by faith every day, recognizing as long as we have an empty tomb, then there's a possibility that tomorrow may be better than today. As long as we have an empty tomb, I might be able to heal. I might be able to find strength. I might be able to find my way or my kids might. As long as there's an empty tomb, I have a reason to keep praying. And that's what I want to encourage you today. I'm out of breath, so let's pray. Gracious Father, we are truly blessed by the redemptive work that Jesus did on the cross for us, individually and corporately. We are so humbled and thankful, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that works in our lives still today, convicting us of sin, making us aware of, that there's a God who loves us, and drawing us to yourself. Lord, we are so humbled when we get to see others profess their faith and baptize and get baptized into the faith. We are so blessed to see young couples dedicating their children to the Lord, trying to do their absolute best to stay connected. Lord, we celebrate that and pray that this will be contagious like a wildfire. I pray that it will sweep through all of us, Lord, until we are so hungry for Christ that we can't hardly stand ourselves. Please bless this day, Lord, and all that we do to give you glory and give us rest. We celebrate you and the work that you did through your son, Jesus. Amen and amen.